Welcome to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, brought to you by Present Truth Ministry, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. Hallelujah. Okay, let's pray. Let's get into the Word for today. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive and together our faith is built up. And I pray that the word of God will come alive and alert in our hearts. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. So we started talking about the local church. And we started building on this, on the concept of the local church. And we, on Sunday, uh, dealt with church strongly in what the Lord wants us to see about the local church. And then we said also that there were many reasons why people do not get involved in the local church. So people give, give a lot of reasons. Christians are hypocrites. Uh, uh, church people are too judgmental. Uh, it is not like the church in the book of Acts. This is not the original church that Jesus started. And people have all kinds of excuses. But the truth of the matter is that no excuse invalidates your lack of commitment to the local church. Praise God. The church is God's idea. Tell your neighbor the church is God's idea. Not your idea. Not man's idea. Now, the fact that things have gone wrong in the church that is not the way it's supposed to be doesn't mean that we disregard the church altogether. Glory to God. So, we say that clearly that the local church is God's plan and not the plan of a man. So, live streaming, WhatsApp, Bible study groups, Snapchat, Telegram groups do not take the place of the local church. God has a plan and purpose for the local church. You see, everything that we have today has been abused in one way or the other. But that doesn't mean we throw them away. Family has been abused, uh, children been abused, all kinds of stuff, but we do not throw them away. Sometimes we, ex we expect from the church what we're not ready to put in. We expect the church to be perfect, and yet we ourselves are not ready to put in our perfection. If we're going to have a perfect church, we all have to contribute to have the perfect church. And we said very clearly, until you change your mind from saying it's their church, you will never be committed to the extent that you should be committed. But the local church is God's plan. We can also miss the importance of the local church by overlooking its place and prominence in the pattern given in scriptures. All through scriptures, we constantly see that the local church is God's idea. All through scriptures. Now, you have people who teach about the local church, but one of the things they teach is the universal church, which means the body of Christ. And they focus so much on the body of Christ to the negligence of the local church. See, while we have the universal body of Christ that we are all part of, the local church is what makes up what? The universal body of Christ. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, sometimes the local churches are not held in high esteem because of the unfortunate personal experiences. So let me explain what this means. If you have had a bad experience with a local church, most times we are not properly healed from that experience. So maybe you had a bad experience in a local church and you uh, become part of this local church. What you're going to do is you're going to start coming to this local church with that bad experience in your mind. And you're going to rate all local churches like that. Some of the people who speak against the local church so much, if you really trace them, most of them were part of churches. And something happened. Are you following what I'm saying? The fact that you were hot doesn't mean you carry the hot around. And I explained that also. Even as a pastor's child, we were hot by church people who did all kinds of stuff. But if we carry that heart around, I, 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 I don't know whether I shared that, that, um, that testimony here. I think I remember when I came back. I was preaching in South Africa, one of these years, I can't remember which year. 
And I finished preaching, and I gave a word of knowledge about the pastor's child who is rejecting God because his father was treated so badly. And as I was giving the word of knowledge, two kids of a pastor, they just ran out of the church. They ran out completely. They just ran out. When I started crying. And then the service ended, and their mother called. Their mother came and was telling me, uh, like, I mean, I mean that that word was so accurate. The, the father labored so much to start a church, and then the father died, and things happened. Church people turned, turned, didn't take care of them properly, and the children were just suffering almost to the place of, you know, not, not uh, having to be able to feed. And, and 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 because of that, the children really didn't want to have anything to do with God. You see, but the children were also wrong. Praise God. So you realize that experiences with churches is not just on the side of the members. It's also on the side of the pastors. I told you of the story of how my father spent two days in, 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 in cell because uh, uh, he was signing shorty for a member of a church who wanted to start kerosene business. And that's a bad experience. Praise God. So, so we cannot, because of our experiences, we will not be pastors anymore. Neither can we say because of our experience, I don't want to be in church anymore. How do you know hot people, when they get into a new church, they never commit? They just stay by the sidelines. See, that's how I was doing in that church. And the pastor's wife now came and started harassing me. I don't want harassment in my life. The, the truth of the matter is that you will never rise to the fullness of your potential within the gifting of God in you within the local church if you're not committed. You can't. You can't. There are no two ways about it. Praise the name of the Lord. Are you still here? Okay. <laughs> We, we, have, we, have, we have fantastic experiences. I'll share one more with you. I, um, I, I, I mother who didn't have anything doing. Yeah, didn't have anything doing. Always coming to church to pray because there was nothing doing. So we called him, say, hey, guy, what's going on? There's nothing to do. Okay, what can you do? And decided he was going to start a business. I'm not going to mention the business, so you can put one and one together. And we, we committed some resources to him. And the next week, you know, after we gave him, he started something. The next, I mean, it was so tough. It was so tough. We had to do intervention, the kids, and all that, and all that. But the week, maybe three weeks after we gave him the business, the, the money, the business started, he got a job. He got a job, miraculously. That was the last time we saw him in church. Never came back. And one day we're driving past, and he saw us coming. He just, you know, was trying to dodge, so, so I stopped the car. And I called him, I greeted him, hey, what's going on? It's fine. Oh, means it's really why we saw you. The lies started. You know, you know. I said, listen, you don't need to lie. You don't need to come to church. But that's not the way to act. Praise God. So, you know, I can take that experience and somebody shows up tomorrow and I say, hey, I'm not going to do anything. But I will be wrong. Are, are you following what I'm saying? So I'm trying to tell you that you are not the only one who's had bad experiences in church. We have also had bad experiences. So we both share that in common. But we choose to live right. We choose to act on the word. We choose to still be committed. Praise the name of the Lord. How many of you will want a pastor who is committed to the local church? Let me see your hands. Okay, only three people. How many of you want a pastor who is committed to the local church? How many of you also know the pastor wants you committed to the local church? If you want a committed pastor, you be a committed member. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. And verse 15 to 16. You know Ephesians chapter 4, fivefold ministry scripture. I like this. Ephesians chapter 4. You know, in verse 11, and he, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Right? Verse 12. For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. Who does the work of ministry? The saints. Look at that carefully. The pastors are to equip you for the work of the ministry. 
for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all, somebody say we all. We all. Who are the we all here? All of us. All of us is who? Pastors and the saints. Pastors and what? And the saints. So we all there, go back to verse 12. We all there, the we there, is the fivefold ministers and the saints. Is that okay? Praise God. Okay, verse 13. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. To a perfect man. So, look at this now. Everybody look up. The, the fivefold ministers are given to equip the saints. And we are all coming to somewhere. Where are we coming to? To the unity of the faith. Everybody say unity of the faith. We're coming to the knowledge of the Son of God. Everybody say knowledge of the Son of God. And then we're coming to what? To a perfect man. So if we are coming to a perfect man, it means that we are not perfect. Because if we, if we were perfect, we will not be coming to that fullness and that stature. Is that okay? So it is, it, is, it is clear that in our spirit, we are justified. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But in our behavior and in our mind and in our actions, we are together in church because we are on our way to perfection. So, we are there coming to perfection doesn't mean that the pastor is perfect. It means that the pastor and the saints are all in this journey together. Because one of the problems that have affected churches is the, is the, is the, how do I put it? Now, I'm going to talk about pastors next Sunday, but is the way pastors have also carried themselves. So, there is a way I'll carry myself as a pastor of this church, and I will almost look 100% more perfect than you. So, you're worshipping, and I'm not around, I don't have anything against that, I'm just saying. You're worshipping, and I'm not around, and I'm in the office, and two minutes before I'm to preach, I just show out, six bodyguards all around me, finish preaching. I just walk away, give you some anointed articles. Man, you're going to stand in awe of me. Absolutely. And so, when, when you have that, and you have uh, a part of your humanity come out, then people are just heartbroken. And because of that, you now realize that over time, the faith and the trust that people have is broken. Now someone says, well, but if you don't do that way, people will not honor you. And I'll say, I'll say this to you, as a minister of God, never seek the honor of the people you lead. Seek the honor that comes from God. Immediately, you start trying to make yourself honored, you're going to do things that go against the scripture. Unknowingly. And, I, and this is the one lesson God taught me very early in life and I will never forget. And I, I, and I tell all of you all the time. The difference between Saul and David was the fact that David was always quick to repent and Saul told Samuel to honor him before the people. Saul didn't commit any, Saul's sin, if you want to categorize sin, is excusable. Yeah. I mean, let's look at it. Right? God says, kill everybody. And the man left some things for sacrifice. Is he sacrificing to himself? No, sacrificing to God, of course. Absolute obedience is good. He didn't kill anybody. And then he wanted to offer sacrifice. The man of God was late. Somebody didn't come on time. And he's got, people were scattered. Like, ah, people are going. You know how it is now. You prepare wedding food. Pastor is still preaching, preaching, preaching. And people are still going. You just say, wrap up the message. Let yourself have this food. People are going. And that's what happened. And, but when Samuel came and Samuel pointed to him and said, you're wrong. You know what he said? He says, honor me before these people. That was his mistake. David, bad guy. <laughs> 
just went up. Kings should be in battle. The man didn't show up in battle, just truly. And saw a woman dating. Hey, you have seen the woman dating. Quickly run inside. No. David kept on looking, 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 and he called his eyes. He said, ah, do you know that woman? Say, I call her, call her. I'll just speak to the woman. And spoke to the woman, slept with the woman. You know, we blame David a lot. We don't talk about the woman. A king called you to sleep with you. Your husband is in battle. You slept. <laughs> We don't talk about the woman, but let's just leave it that way. Because it's David. David slept with the woman. And then David gets a text message. Hi, sir. Period missed. Urgent. <laughs> and David called. Pregnant. Ah, how are we going to sort this? Bad guy. Calls the man. Gives him drink. Says, go and sleep with your wife. Go, 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 go. You know all those counsel. You can't just be fighting like that without sleeping with Madame. Uh -uh. <laughs> but you see, that's why loyalty is very scarce. And that was, listen, let me tell you, this is a bit of uh, digression from my message, but somebody needs to hear this. Loyalty is very scarce. And if you as a leader treat people who are loyal to you in a way that doesn't honor God, God will judge you. For all the sins David committed, no one prevented him from building God a house. It was this one sin. And you know, all of David's desire in this life was to build God a house. The one thing he desired to do for God, God didn't allow him to do because of what he did. Listen to me loud and clear. God is still judging sin. Is that okay? All right. So, nice story. The guy slept outside. Loyalty, absolute loyalty. He was not just loyal to David. He was loyal to, to the men around David. He said, I cannot be fighting, and the other guys, I, they cannot be fighting, and then I'm, I'm here enjoying myself. Loyalty to the team. Loyalty to the team. Even some people say, ah, God, I thank you for favor. Ah, I thank you for favor. Why other people are fighting? You just called me to come and sleep with my wife. God, who are, ah, you are a merciful God. <laughs> he was loyal. And then David got him drunk, and the rest didn't work. And then bad guy again. Wrote a letter of his own death. Give it to the man. And how do you know the man is loyal? He never opened that letter. Absolute loyalty. I mean, that guy is one of my heroes in the scriptures. Hidden heroes. Gives it to the commander. And what was the instruction? Look for where the battle is toughest. Send this guy there and withdraw the, withdraw the troops. Height of wickedness. Height of wickedness. And the guy died. You know, if I was God, I would not forgive David. But thank God I'm not God, I'm Maxwell. And what happened? The prophet came to meet David and says, Listen, a man had just one sheep or one goat, and the king came and said, Ah, David had this story. I said, No. You know how guys were very, very sinful and very judgmental? How can you? How? In this church of the living God, how can you commit it? Let me say the man will die. And the prophet said, you are the man. And what did David do? Went before the Lord, repented, said he was sorry. But this is the beauty of God in his redemptive purpose. Out of that union came Solomon. And out of the lineage of David, Jesus Christ came. But you see, David had a heart of repentance, which Saul did not have. So what am I saying? A minister must never seek the honor of people. You will self-destruct. Always seek the honor that comes from God. In the name of the Lord. Verse 15. But speaking the truth in love. So we must speak the truth. Many people think speaking the truth um, in love means 
we don't see we're going to go there and I, I hope we can get there today but listen in the local church we must learn to tell ourselves the truth that is something that is missing from churches and you know what as I began to study this I even made that resolve more speak the truth more because the truth of the matter is that we're afraid of all you know let me even leave the local church every one of us seated here we know someone who is close to us who is a friend who is doing something wrong but we are afraid to tell them the truth how many of you have a friend like that don't worry nobody all your friends are doing everything right right because now you're afraid you're even afraid to raise your hands in the church of the living god but how many of us know we just nod you know i don't want to seem like Nobody knows in this church. Uh, okay. <laughs> but we all know somebody doing something wrong. But you know what? If you don't, if you truly love them, you will tell them the truth. You don't love them. That's why the Bible speaks in the book of Proverbs about the wounds of a friend. Are you following? The, the thing about loving someone is loving them enough to say, listen, this thing is going to destroy you. Don't do it. But you know what? We have built a society and a church that cannot accept that as love. What is our definition of love? Accept me the way I am. No, if we accept you the way you are, you are going to self-destruct. Are you following this? You're going to destroy yourself. So we speak the truth in love. That we may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. This is where I want to go. Verse 16. For, for from the whole body, observe the word whole body, join and knit together by what every joint supplies. Every joint. So, the body of Christ is made up of the whole body is joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. So it is what everybody brings to the table that makes us the body of Christ. So if you're not committed to a local church, you are not effectively joined to the body and you are not supplying what you are supposed to supply to the body. Every one of us seated here, there is something we bring differently to the body. According to the effective working by which every part does its share, causing, which causes the growth of the body for the divine of itself in love. But look at this. We speak the truth in love first, and then we move on to the place where we are now supplying, and all of us are growing up in love. What I want you to understand is, listen, you have a part to play in this local church. Whether you choose to play that part or not is between you and God, but you've got a part. We all have a part. Are you following what I'm saying? It is God's word. There is something you have to supply. No member of the body is insignificant. Praise God. No member of the body is insignificant. Everybody has a part to play. Most of us think, get my wife's book on the ministry of helps. Most of us think that it is only when you are preaching that you are playing a part. And so what we did is we have made preachers out of people who are not called even into the fivefold. Everyone has a part to play. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, now let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Chapter 4, sorry. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. And uh, we're going to read verse 9. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 9. And uh, I want you to see something there. Verse 9 to 12. Two are better than one. <laughs> because they have a good reward for their labor. Verse 10. For if they fall. Somebody say if they fall. Alright, one will lift up his companion. Alright? But woe to him who is alone when he falls. For he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Twelve. Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. 
And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Now, we always take that last verse of a threefold cord not quickly broken, but it is very instructive about the local church, about our coming together. You see, let me explain this to you very carefully. If we all come together, we can build a great church. That's the truth. You realize when we were um, at the other side and we had that urgent need to move and we all came together and built this place? That's the way it is. Even in Genesis 11, God actually said that these people, whatever they have imagined to do, they will excel in it. The one thing the enemy will always try to do to us, listen carefully, is to always divide us. That is why you always discover that there's always offense in church. There's always offense. And every offense is the work of the enemy. And I explain something to you today. Majority of the offenses that take place in the body of Christ is as a result of misinterpretation. Are you following this? Now, I get offended at something, and the Lord tells us that when a brother offends you, go to that brother. But we don't follow that scriptural principle. What do we do? What do we do? Come on, tell me. We all do it. So what do we do? Tell me. You, this one, you can't lie that you don't do it. When you are offended, what do you do? Do you go to the brother? Who do you go to? Another brother. Your guy. <laughs> Flatmates, my guys. <laughs> And you tell that brother. And that brother says, no. Why? How? How can they? Why? Where? Where? Ah, I can't take it. I can't. He's not the one they did it to, but he can't take it. <laughs> but that, you see, you are not obeying the scriptures. you were the devil, what one tactic would you use against the church? Division. Nothing else. If you have a strong church, the word is being taught, everything is being done, you just divide them. Are you following this? Even in our marriages, any home that the husband and the wife are not together, they don't build anything. Are you following what I'm saying? They don't build anything. It's just the principle of life. You and that's why companies invest in. Uh, you you just finish those of you. You just finish your team sports now. Running, playing football, doing all of it. Why, why do you think they gave you time to go and play football? Is it because you feel that uh, the company thinks you have extra time? No. They want you to bond. Are, are you following? Because they know that regardless of how much they pay everybody in that company, if they are not working together, it will self-destruct. Regardless of the grace that God has invested in our lives, if we don't get together, we cannot build a great church. Do you know if all the churches in this country get, I say in this country, how many countries are we? Okay, yeah, one country. <laughs> if all the churches in this country get together, we can literally affect the politics of this nation. But we will never get together. That's the truth. Are you following this now? God wants us to come together as the body of Christ. You realize from church history, churches in places where they are persecuted are more united than places where they have freedom. Check the church in China. Why? Because if you are not together, you will be killed. So, three things we pick from Ecclesiastes chapter 9, chapter 4, verse 9 to, 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 to verse 12. Number one, the first, verse 10, it provides security. The local church provides security. The local church provides security. It, it gives us security. We belong to a family. We belong to a house. Verse 11, it gives us warmth. It gives us warmth. That is why, and I'll say this very, very loud and clear. That is why you see that if anybody wants to backslide, if anybody wants to get out of the ways of God, the first thing they start doing, they start reducing how they, often they come to church. But how don't you wonder, let me explain this to you. How do you wonder why 
if anything happens, the first thing that comes to your mind is to stop going to church. Why, do you th why, why does that even come to your mind as the first thing? Because the enemy knows the power of the local church. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> gives us warmth. It gives us strength. It gives us strength. Because the body will not just grow in size, it grows in the quality of life, enhanced by the quality of the joints that are supplying. So, coming together as a local church, we have security, we have warmth, we have strength. Praise, praise the name of the Lord. Now, John 13, 35, something Jesus said something there, the prayer of Jesus, John 13 and John 14. Give me John 13, 35. The local church, it's God's plan. It's God's mandate. We should be excited to be part of the local church. Uh, can we read from verse 34? And a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. In that one verse, he uses love one another twice. <laughs> a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you that you also love one another that phrase, I wanted to study it but it will take this message to a lot of parts and I want to finish up next, next Sunday that phrase one another if you search it out in the Pauline epistles it appears a lot of times one another one another one another one another it was a very important phrase in the Pauline epistles that's what the local church is but here is our problem here is our problem we all have our different definitions of love so for some people, love one another means pay my house rent, pay my children's school fees, put food on my table. And if those three things are not complete, you say, ah, how can they say they love? How can they say they love? <laughs> but you know, sometimes love means restraining things from you so you can grow up. I had a friend like that. He's still my friend, so if he hears his message, I'm sure he'll be laughing. Asked me for rent at the point. I was a single guy. Paid it. Asked me the second year. Paid it. Asked me the third year. Paid it. Asked me the fourth year. Because he asked me like three years. It was very difficult to ask me. So he asked me the day they were throwing his things outside. It was raining. So he called me. I said, ah, so on this emergency. So I said, well, all the days I've known you, you have always been in the emergency unit. Never done anything because you planned. So what's the emergency this time? Ah, that they are throwing these things outside. Throwing these things outside. If I can do anything. So I said, are they throwing them outside? I said, you are sure? I said, yes. I said, okay, this year, they will throw the things outside. Rain will fall on you and the things. And afterwards, you start thinking, did I send anything? No. Was God happy with me? Very happy. Did they throw his things outside? Yes. Did he sleep outside for two days? Yes. The third day he found somewhere to squat. Six months later he got a place to pay his own rent. We're still friends. So don't get, don't feel bad for him. Sometimes you need to pick your life by yourself and assume responsibility. It is called love. Is that okay? I like the way the church is quiet. It means you didn't miss any part in that story. speaking to Timothy, he says if there are widows in the church and there are still young widows, he says let the church not support them. So let me look for something to do. Welfare in church is not to encourage laziness. It's to empower your life. Because if everybody was on welfare, there would be nothing to run welfare with. Is that okay? We'll, we'll get into that aspect. It's a full Sunday message. But we'll deal with it. 
So it says, the way we love one another is what shows the world that we are the disciples of Christ. Verse, verse 35 now. Verse 35 now. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So, love for one another defines our Christian community. But this is where the problem is. We cannot be the ones to set the definition of this love. It has to be by the scriptures. Are you following what I'm saying? It has to be by the scriptures. So our commitment to one another is what shows the world that we are the body of Christ. And this is key. Listen, this is not just for pastors to members. Remember what we read in Ephesians chapter, chapter what? Chapter 4 is for all of us. Right. Am I right? You know, sometimes people, people, and I say this all the time, and you know me, I'll just tell you. You know, sometimes people get offended. Oh, pastor, the pastor doesn't visit people. Pastor doesn't visit people. Ah, pastor, yeah, pastor doesn't visit people. Just be traveling, 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 traveling. We don't visit people. And then if I stand here this morning and ask you, how many of you know where I stay? And I ask you, I'm asking you now, how many of you have ever visited me where I stay? You know, we moved in the last one year. I know after this message now, don't call me, don't come, don't come and visit me. Don't call me. Because you're here, cutting. So I was thinking of coming to your place. Don't think. Most of you will go to my old house. Because you don't even know if I've moved. You know that, God forbid it will never happen, this is an example in the name of Jesus, but you realize that I can even be homeless and you don't know that I'm homeless. Because I get dressed up every Sunday and preach a nice message. You, but you will not know. The love one another, is it for me to love you or for me to love you and you to love me? What is this one? Verse 35. I'm asking you, what, what is this one now? Love one another. Am I part of that another? Yes. Are you supposed to love me? Yes. Am I supposed to love you? Yes. Who has the greater responsibility to love? Yes. Nobody. We all have the equal responsibility to do what? To love one another. What am I trying to say? We must not redefine scriptures to only what pleases us. That's what I'm saying. Do I have a responsibility to love you guys? Absolutely. Do I have a responsibility to visit you? Absolutely. Now, I cannot say because you don't visit me, I will not visit you. Because there are also people in church that have not visited. Do, do you understand? So instead of me getting angry that you have not visited me, I should rather look at myself and say, hey, have not visited some people? You also think, well, I haven't also, and it's not just about pastor now, it's about one another. So I'm not saying everybody come to my house. You also have brethren in this church. You've always been seeing them every Sunday. You don't even know where they live. Some of you enter the same bus to the same direction. You only know their bus stop. Say, where is that brother? I say, he's around that bus stop. Does he stay in the bus stop? No, no. This is, is it because at the end of the day, we just, you, listen, this is not my church. It is God's church. That is why I, I pastor, I'm very anxiety free in my pastoral work. I don't carry the burden of the church in that sense. I can't be the only one to fulfill John 13 35. You see a brother from the IRA just join us two, three weeks. You don't need, you see, oh God. You know where our problem started, eh? Most of our problems started when we started organizing things in departments. Departments, departments. That's why you see, I'm very sometimes weary of starting departments. Because, you see, we like that department thing. We are the follow-up team. <laughs> follow-up was not a department in the early church. It was a lifestyle. Everybody say follow-up was a lifestyle. Everybody checked after another person. Prayer was not a department. Prayer warriors was not a department. You will not find prayer warrior in the Bible. Everybody prayed. 
evangelism was not a department. Everybody evangelized. You should be ashamed as a believer that you have not won a soul to the Lord in one year. Because what that happened is, you just saw people now say, my own, we are the financial pillars of the church. Very lazy Christians. Go and win so No, we will sow. We will pay for the bus that the people will go. Let's pray. We will buy water for the intercessors after prayer. Say, <laughs> so Pastor, just be preaching. We will pay your house rent. They will, if you ask them, what is your Christian activity? Nothing. Every one of us is called to be the financial pillar of the church. Everybody that belongs to a local church should give to that local church. If you don't give to the local church, your heart is not there. The Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart is. Are, are you following this? So there's no special role for anyone. It's a community. It's a life. It's like a house where you say, wow, time is running so fast nowadays. I just start teaching by 8 o'clock. It's like a house where you say, it's the, let me use my house for, exa for example. I say, for instance, it's my son's role to wash the plate. How many of you know that many times, even when you go to the kitchen and you see dirty plates, what will you do? What comes to your mind? Come on, come on, talk to me, church. What comes to your mind? What comes to your mind? It's not my role. It's his role. And you call him, where are you? Come on, wash the plates. But do you know that it can even be one or two plates and you can literally sort it out? It's the same thing. You find something is wrong with the church. You find people are complaining about not visiting. Instead of you to visit, you now come to my office. So I want to see you. I thank God for your life. Thank God for the life of your wife. Thank God for the life of your children. Thank God for the life of your chicken. Thank God for what God is doing. But some people have been talking to me and I said, I know pastor. Pastor will listen. So I said, let me talk to you, sir. Man to man. <laughs> uh, they are not visiting in this church. Who is they? Who, come on, who is they? Greek word for who? So if you come to me, that's why you see that. If you come here on Tuesday, you see that that's my office space. It's very, there is very little counseling we do in this church. Because if you come to me with that kind of counsel or advice or suggestion, I will listen and from there you will start visiting. I say, wow. Mm. We're not visiting. Yes. Are you a member of the church? Yes. Okay. So and so brother needs visiting. Why don't you just start with these three brothers and then we'll sort out the rest. Me, you can tell me if you feel that there's a feedback I need to listen, but you shouldn't come and tell me because you feel it's my work. Are you following? You should rather tell me because you feel it's something we need to improve as a culture, and it will be better when you say, when he told me, and I told him this, this, and I visited this, 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 this. I'm thinking, can we set up somebody to visit this? this? It makes more sense. Don't you, don't you know that I'm a human being even though I'm full time praise God <laughs> do you know we have gone to visit some people and they shut us out ah, no, sorry pastor yeah, 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 you can't come in. do you even know the expenses we get in visiting you are in some front of somebody's house he has answered you now call you now say I'm not at home <laughs> okay let's go on Let's go. Philippians chapter 4, verse 2. Philippians 4, 2. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, this is not to say don't come and tell me anything, because eh? <laughs> uh, uh, I like someone to come and suggest to me that they are not giving in this church. So I'll just give you the bank account. I say, well, I get their lots. Let's start with you. Do you have the New Living Translation? Can we get, if we have it, fine. But if not, if you read it, I employ Yoda and Sintiki. My wife calls, calls this lady Sintiki. Uh -huh. Now appeal, appeal to Yoda and Sintiki. Please. This is Paul, the apostle of Jesus Christ, writing. Please. Because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreements. <laughs> Is in the Bible. <laughs> Can you imagine Paul writing a whole epistle to the church? Right? 
You know, not every, listen, this is interesting, like, very, very interesting. It makes me laugh. Do you realize that not everything Jesus did was written in the Bible? Not every miracle Jesus did was written in the Bible. Do you know that God left miracles unrecorded so he will write about these two sisters? And give them a special place. Imagine appearing in the Bible and the only reason both of them appeared is that they should settle their disagreement. That means this was not a small disagreement. If he made the Bible, it's not small. It's not small. No, I'm telling you. For Paul to write and realize that this letters Paul was writing will be read to the whole church. And then the Philippians will read the ones. So, the, so it's like Paul had cancelled. And uh, this is me now. This is not Bible. Paul had cancelled, cancelled, cancelled to the point saying, "Listen, what is it? Two of you. I beg you. I beg." You. So it is not today. Disagreement started. That's what I just wanted to show you. That even from the early church, we are two wonderful sisters who Paul had to specially pick out and say, "Listen." So when you read King James Version, be of the same mind. That is why it's good to read other translations. I've heard a pastor use this be of the same mind to preach and use it in a positive way. I say, Paul says, you be of the same mind. The church cannot go forward. It's be of the same mind. Another translation. Just use another translation. Because what Paul was trying to say is the old English word of saying, be united. So the newer translation says, settle your disagreement. Be of the same mind. Let's come together. So the, the Christian approach to disagreement is to settle. And how do you settle? Go meet that brother. I, and I must say this. I have heard people offended to the extent you call them and they tell you why they're offended. You will be so surprised. Like, no, I didn't mean that. There are people who get offended at this message. That's preaching about me. <laughs> and I tell people, like, listen, you will be so big, you will be so big in this world for me to spend Saturday nights preparing to preach about you. Ah, God forbid, that day will not come. That I will leave whatever God has given to me for the whole body and preach about you. Ah, no. I'm sorry, not that important. I preach God's word. And God's word affects you, like Andrew Womack would say, turn the other way and repent. Do you know sometimes, even if I'm preaching, the word of God is also convincing me? How many of you have conducted lectures and as you were teaching, you were also learning? It happens to every one of us. As I'm teaching, I'm also learning. So, <laughs> he appealed to them to settle their dis disagreements. So turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, say it, neighbor, if you have any disagreement, we appeal to you today to please settle it. Amen. Is that okay? Let's get it settled. Ephesians 2.21. Ephesians 2.21. Offense will take people out of the church. Deal with offense. Ephesians, uh, we can, okay, we can go back to the New King James, please. Thank you. But New NLT, we are carefully joined together in him, in whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. It is as we are fitted together that we grow. It is as we are fitted together that we grow. So we must be fitly framed together. Every, every part of us must come together. See, there are many people not in our church this morning who didn't make it to service, but I pray you listen to this message. But if you are in service this morning, take this word and run with it. Make next year your year of commitment to the local church. Don't ask, what are they doing? Ask, what are we doing? Are you following what I'm saying? Praise the name of the Lord. There's one phrase I always ask myself. If every pastor was like me, will the church still grow? Ask yourself the same thing. If every member was like you, will the church still grow? If every choir member was like you, will the choir still grow? Amen. 
You know, I read something on Facebook and I kind of love it. You know, sometimes you see, oh, pastor, pastor loves some people more than the other. I've just seen it. I've, I've observed that circle. It's, it's a circle like that. If you, you see, the truth of the matter is that eh, every pastor wants somebody who is dependable. That's the truth. There are people, if I don't see in church, I will be concerned. See, there are even people that if I don't see by 8.30, there are certain families, if I don't see them by 8.30, I'll call. Because I know that it is strange. Why some, if I see them by 8.30, I will check. What's going on? What's happening here? Because it's strange also. So you can be negatively strange and be positively strange. There are people I know if I pick the call and say, I need to get something done, they'll do it. I mean, I was talking to a brother the other day um, who helps us with the electrical stuff, Brother Kenneth, and I was telling him something. I said, even before he became part of the local church, he was the one I will call that will handle stuff. I mean, sorry if this, but shouldn't offend you. Even though we have people who do electrical stuff in church who are like my church members, <laughs> well, I, 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 there are certain times, 11 o'clock in the night, when the stuff trips up, I call him. He will show up, even when he was not a member of the local church. That's, that's faithfulness. All of you in your life know somebody that you can call and depend on. Every pastor needs people like that. And those are the people the pastor will commit his life to. Because nobody wants to experiment with his call, including this small boy. So the fact that you show up, doesn't mean you are dependable. Showing up is the first stage. Constant availability is the second stage. Then execution is the third stage. It's not that they give you an assignment and you keep forgetting. Because the whole body, imagine we come this morning, that means not around. And everybody, I mean, even though you say we can sing without we can sing without instrument, you will know the difference. By the time you start clapping without, you will know you will just know the difference. Then I say, what, what happened to the keyboard this now? That's when you now realize that it was a human being playing this thing all along. <laughs> I, I, do, do you understand? Because sometimes it is absence that creates honor. But in the life of a child of God, it should not be that way. Are you following? You, know, you travel for the first week and the second week. Say, ah, sir, when are you coming back, sir? Because now everybody's missing you. But if you don't travel at all, you know, I say, is he only him that can preach? So once in a while, once in a while, somebody should just once in a while, once in a while. That is why I travel. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you. I will travel. Because that one or two weeks, hey, hey, ah, pastor is coming back. It helps every one of us. It gets me excited. Like, yeah, people are waiting for me. Before you now start saying, hey, you have done this series for us. You just let your wife, once in a while, your wife can share something that will bless all of us. Before you know, they say you are preaching too much. <laughs> but that's not, the, that's not the attitude of a believer. A believer has honor, whether the person is available or not. Honor is a lifestyle. Scarcity should not create honor in our lives. Rather, I'll talk about that on, on Sunday. Rather seeing ourselves as the gift of God. I see you as God's gift to me to lead. You see me as God's gift to you. What will happen? We will begin to appreciate. That's why in every marriage where you hear the husband constantly say, this woman is God's gift to me. Every marriage where you kind of feel the husband feels a bit undeserving of getting that kind of woman who is rare, you know, as opposed to the other way, you always say that sometimes that marriage lasts longer. You know why? Because the person is treating that woman as a gift. If he's treating her as somebody you, she went, to, he went to hustle with his star. So I know, I know where you were when I picked you. I picked you. He keeps saying, I picked you, I picked you, I picked you. One day you say, you say, I've picked you enough. I'm going to drop you, drop you, drop you. <laughs> I'm saying so if we have that sense of appreciation and say listen my pastor is God's gift to me whether I'm available or not there'll be honor if I see you like listen you're God's gift to me I will do also what honor you if I, if I don't see you as a product of my evangelism a product of my prayer a product of my hard work if we keep seeing ourselves as gift to each other our honor will be constant. Can somebody say amen? amen. All right. So, 
Paul says we should speak the same thing in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10. Let me run through this quickly. Wow. We're not even halfway. So what have we been doing? Let's look at Saul's journey and the local church. I want to give you an example. So I just, I'm just going to write, write the scriptures. Just say the scriptures so you can read them. Because I want to go somewhere. See if I can finish this. When Saul got born again, God had to join him to the local church. Do you realize when Saul became Paul, he had a revelation from God. Absolute revelation. If it were our days, you would not even need the local church. But Paul had to go through the local church. So I want to go through this quickly. Let's look at Paul's journey. In Acts chapter 9, verse 17 to 20, Saul was converted after seeing Jesus on the road to Damascus. He spent some time with the disciples at Damascus. So he plugged into the local church in Damascus. He plugged into the local church. From there he preached. And in chapter 9, verse 23 to 25, the Jews were trying to kill him, so he ran. In Acts 9, 26 to 29, when Saul came to Jerusalem, you can look for that phrase for me, the guy is there, he sought to join himself to the disciples. Acts 9, 26 to 29, look for the phrase there for me. He sought to join himself to the disciples. So when Paul got to Jerusalem, he joined the local church. So we discover that in all of Paul's journey, he was part of the local church. He was part of the local church. You see, the local church is God's plan. He didn't grow Paul without the help of the local church. That's Acts 9.26. Give me verse 26. And when Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples. But they were all afraid of him. And he did not believe that he was a disciple. You see, after God had called him, he joined himself to the local church. But he didn't want to because they were scared of him. The church was scared. Like 27, verse 27. I like this. 27. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. And he declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road. And how he had spoken boldly. And how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. You know one thing I love so much? As powerful as the conversion of Paul was, as powerful as it was, it took Barnabas to settle him into the church. You will always need people. You will always need people. Praise the name of the Lord. Then in verse 28, so he was with them at Jerusalem, coming in and going out. Paul joined himself to the local church. So Paul didn't grow apart from the church. In Acts 11, 25 and 26, in Acts chapter 13, verse 1 to 3, after Barnabas was sent to Antioch, he found Saul, and together they walked with the church in Antioch. So you realize that everywhere Saul went, every city Saul went, he joined himself to the local church. Praise God. So Saul did not grow apart from the local church. When you find yourself in another city, get yourself in the local church. The local church is God's plan. Praise the name of the Lord. So what I want to do, if I start this, I will not be able to finish. And I don't want to rush it, so maybe I'll start on Sunday. Reasons why we belong to the local church. Responsibilities of members to their church. And uh, I'll wrap it up there. Because I've been taking your time every Sunday now. so. But let's look at this now. If God wanted Saul, who became Paul, to be that mighty apostle and didn't do it outside of the local church, we cannot grow outside of the local church. The local church is God's perfect plan. Somebody says the local church is God's perfect plan. You need to ask yourself, how committed are you? Now, this is a question of your commitment to this local church. How committed are you? We're going to talk about responsibilities of members. In your finances. In your service. In your availability. If you're not available, we can have a church. Are you following what I'm saying? Sometimes you should make your plans with the church in mind. Right? For instance,
substance. You are a member of this local church. You've been here for five years or four years, and you realize there are always children, teachers teaching the children. Have you thought about if you, they were not available, you will not be patient enough, or you will not have the conducive environment to learn the word? Are you following what I'm saying? You see, once in a while, we must, we must consider, do we want to have a great church or we just want to be one of the struggling churches around? If we want to have a great church, there is a price to pay. It's the price of commitment. It's the price of service. Are you following what I'm saying? It's the price of everybody. You see, if the church is large, we will all enjoy it. <laughs> If the church is growing, we will all enjoy it. I mean, let me tell you something. If we grow to the point where we're having two services or three services, you know, we will all benefit from it. I can preach the church series in one Sunday, three services. All you need to do is to get the messages of the other services. You can sleep very early in the morning and decide to make the late service. You can make the early morning service and still have a day. Praise God. Are you still here? Some of you who are looking for people to get married to, you might find your wife here. Why? Because there are more girls who come in. And they'll hear the same message you're hearing. You can easily find, instead of hearing all these messages and then you go get a die by fire person, and then you're wondering like, who? You're casting and binding, is binding and casting. Both of you are praying this way. Are you following what I'm saying? We can also have more money. I can also earn a bigger salary. Say some more money. I'm working hard. <laughs> it will all be good. Glory to God. And then we all can get something to do. But you know what? We all just get more people into the kingdom of God. We all get more people growing. How many of you think that there are a lot of people on this island that you hear the things we teach every Sunday morning? It's our job to get them. Are you following what I'm saying? Be part of the local church. Get committed. Don't stay at the back and just watch and just watch. No, don't be watching. Get inside. That's where the fun is. Get commit, committed. Belong to a unit. Show up. Give your time. Trust God. And we are a church that is committed to the word. Our services are simple. Our time is short. So there's no reason why you should be missing church services. Make up your mind. One hour, come in. Weekdays. We had a very powerful session on marriage last Wednesday. I know my first dad was telling me that, oh, you should, you should have taught this message on a Sunday morning. It was really good. You should listen to the messages. But you know me. I'll teach God's word. I mean, he, I mean, he was saying it because we have more people on Sunday. But, you know, that's one thing I've just told myself. We'll just keep teaching. Whoever shows up. Show up and get blessed. <laughs> Praise God. So don't think our Sunday, our Wednesday services are less. In fact, if you have been coming, to, how many of you have been coming for the Wednesday Malaika series? Absolute, absolute solid teachings we'll be doing on the book of Malaika. So if you've never showed up in the last one month on Wednesday, you have no, you are, it's, it's like two students in a class, and some people are in class two, are you in class one? You have no clue entirely what's been going on with the Malaika series. Except you listen to the audios. What am I saying? Let's increase our commitment. Amen? Don't withhold your tithe. Let's get it in. Every month. Somebody say we only give when we are led by the Spirit. We have bills that we pay monthly. Those bills are not led by the Spirit. We pay them monthly. Are you following what I'm saying? Prioritize your giving to your local church. That's how we pay for the bus. That's how the lights on. That's how we get the air conditioners on. You know, sometimes, I'm saying this now, this is local church now. Some of these things, we have to see them very practically. Because I realize the money takes us to even maintain the air conditioners. When they first told us about the services, they told us, we just said, go and do it. We didn't know it was the price for one. By the time they finished the six, they realized. <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? Just um, a couple of weeks, 
uh, one back, our brother, um, Kenneth, went to, to, to about to get us lights. Because these lights get off all the time. Because then we, we're changing the light. It's costing us so much to replace all this bulb. All this bulb needs to be replaced. And that's your tight doing it. Because then if you don't give, one day we'll take out all the bulbs that were replaced. And you worship in the dark. So and we say, why is there no light? We say, you have not tightened. <laughs> Are you following what I'm saying? So there's a lot going on. The welfare and all what we're doing. But listen, we're family. And family have bills to pay. Staff need to be paid. Stuff need to be done. So it's our commitment. This is not about just being, it has to be free will. Yes, make it free will. Make your free will consistent. Let your free will not be seasonal. Amen? Give us your time. Show up for service. Imagine preparing this message and showing up and then nobody shows up. Say, Pastor, you are never discouraged. Don't think so. Don't even assume so. Get into one of the departments. Help out with the children. We need more children volunteers. Get involved. We need more people to work with the teenagers. Get involved. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. How many of us are going to get more committed to the church? Amen. Not to the online church, to this church. Not to the WhatsApp church, to this church. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the gift of the local church. And Lord, I thank you for everyone that you've brought to us and just given us the grace to just pastor and to just lead. We're so grateful for the opportunity for this season to guide and to lead your people in the way of truth. And Lord, we just receive them as gifts. And we thank you, Father God, because of commitments that people are making this morning to just be part of the local church so we can all grow up together. And I pray, Father God, if there be offense, if there be divisions in our hearts, that by the Spirit of God, you cause love to overwhelm, to heal the hearts that we've experienced, and you cause us to walk in increase. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for listening to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would also like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng or call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.